Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Book Wednesdays. That is Book B Wednesday, where we talk about my first great love, books. Uh, I figure we may also occasionally get in some uh, magazines as well, because um, I have a subscription to a little magazine called Wired. Definitely one that uh, we'll talk about since it's got so much going for it. Uh, so when I see a really good article, we'll probably talk about that as well. But in this episode, we are going to devote it to books only. Uh, just to give you a little uh, background on my love affair with books, don't tell the missus, uh, is that I was not always a reader. I probably started in uh, grade 12 or 13. Not uh, learning how to read. I didn't know how to read. Uh, just my reading was sort of confined to cereal boxes, road signs, things of that ilk. And then in grade uh, 12 or 13, OAC as they used to call it here in Ontario, which they actually no longer have. I think I was the last year to have to take it. I started to read and fell in love and have never looked back. Well, I've looked back, but I've looked back with love. I think the first book that I remember reading and sort of was uh, Call of the Wild by Jack London. Should have maybe double checked that. I wasn't sure what exactly I was going to be talking about here. Um, about a dog, and the book was actually from the dog's point of view, uh, and he was taken out of his sort of idyllic dog life and taken up to Alaska to be a sled dog, and uh, adventure happens. The strange thing about me liking that book so much is that I'm not exactly a dog person, or an animal person for that matter. Uh, fish are alright. Jellyfish. Good. They combine two of my favorite things, jelly and fish. Anyways, that's what sort of got the ball rolling, I think, for me when it comes to reading. Um, what happened then was I found uh, the genre, or genre, depending on how you want to pronounce that, of uh, fantasy. The main reason that I enjoy books so much is because I'm sort of using them as an escape from reality. So, if you're going to escape from reality, why not escape very, very, very far away into the realm of fantasy, where it's not just a story taking place in the realm that you exist anyways. Why not go further and further? So fantasy and uh, science fiction as well, but uh, more fantasy. Those are the books that I will always come back to, especially when I'm uh, feeling blue 
I'll, uh, I'll pull out a fantasy series. That's a good thing, too, about fantasy novels are quite often uh, serialized. So you can start with, uh, start with one book, and by the time you're three books in, you're, you're really immersed in that the world that the author has created. The first fantasy series that I remember reading is uh, called The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. It's still actually, as far as I know, it might be over soon, but it's up to book 12, I believe, and uh, they're still coming out. I think the last one is either just out or will be out soon. Uh, as soon as that happens, I'm going to reread it for the, I believe it will be the fifth time. That series uh, got me through a lot of tough times, and I'll always remember and thank them for that. Thank, thank you, books. Thank you, inanimate books. Because of my love of books, I actually took it even a step farther and went to school to pursue a career in a library. I went to uh, Seneca here in Ontario and took the library technician's course. It's a two-year course. Had some good times, I guess, while taking the course. One, uh, I'm not currently a librarian, so obviously didn't go amazingly. Something that uh, really grinded my gears about that course was that over the course of two years you did three different placements. Uh, you did a placement in a school library, in a public library, and in what you would call a business library. Uh, I did all three placements and really enjoyed them and while doing them was really uh, happy and content that I had chose this path. I don't want to toot my own horn and I try not to, and I often don't, uh, and maybe this is not even tooting my own horn when I say that my reviews from the people that I worked with in these placements were all glowing. Um, the phrase, come back and see us when you've graduated, was said by every single one of them. Uh, and then I got back to class, and my marks were horrible, and what I was being taught was nothing to do with any of the work I did in any of my placements, and it was almost as if it was just sort of two different things. I was being taught one thing to work in a job that had nothing to do with what I was being taught. And that grinded my gears, rustled my jimmies, and made me a little crazy. So, I am not a librarian. I, that being said, I'm an amateur librarian in that I bought myself some library software and have a sizable library at home of, oh geez, I could get the exact number because you just push a little button and it'll tell you, but I think I'm 600 books, somewhere in that nature. I actually recently made the jump to... Uh, in e-reader, uh, I chose the Kobo, and uh, when I did do that, I weeded out probably close to 200 books. Just books that I had read and knew that I would probably never read again. 
or even some books that I didn't think I would ever read. It ended up being, uh, I think, six or eight big boxes full of books. I uh, took them to the Recycle Center and donated them, so hopefully they all found a good home. Uh, something for people who want to build up their library, uh, a great resource is the library. And by that, I don't mean go to the library and steal books, because that's not good. I mean, uh, libraries will have uh, library book sales. Uh, at least I assume all of them do. The two, three, yeah, the, the three that I know, you'll get, in at least the cases of these three, uh, a giant bag of books for, you know, $5. So you get 20 books for 5 bucks, and then that's building up your library pretty good. I used to get at least two bags every every year uh, okay uh, we're gonna end it right now take a little break as I get some breakfast on this book Wednesday we'll edit the part out where I do that uh, again you don't know what I'm editing out maybe I'm uh, pulling over to the side of the road and painting a masterpiece with my own fecal matter you never know Back in a mo. Okay, back to books. The first book I want to talk about is um, actually we'll talk about the whole series since it was a book that is from the mini lost episode of last book Wednesday. Um, so I've been finished it for uh, over a week now. It was a series based on, uh, I don't, it was a series based on the video games Baldur's Gate, which uh, if you ever played were friggin' awesome. Some of the very first PC role-playing games that I ever played, actually, no, I, I'm gonna say the first role-playing PC game I ever played, and uh, this was before I was a reader, but it really, uh, got me into fantasy as a genre. I haven't looked back since. It's sort of a Dungeons and Dragons-esque feel to it, and I really, really loved it. The books are, uh, the titles are sort of confusing. Um, the video, the first video game was called Baldur's Gate. The first book is called Baldur's Gate. Okay, so far so good. Second game was called Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Am, which M is a city, A-M-N. And the second book was called Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Am. Now then there was, um, I don't know if you could call it its own full flight separate game so much as a, an expansion, uh, Baldur's Gate 2 Throne of Ball. B-H-A-L-L, who's a uber demon. And then the third book in the series is the same title, which is kind of odd to have the third book in the series called Baldur's Gate 2. But uh, I'm going to give them all as a collective three to four out of five. The main thing they had going for them is they took place in the Forgotten Realms, which is a, 
a realm, <laughs> uh, created by a man by the name of Ed Greenwood many years ago, who I just so happened to be lucky enough to have met, shaken his hand, uh, got his autograph. If you care to, you can see on uh, my website, Nerd Cane Adventures, he uh, actually have a map of the Forgotten Realms hanging in my office, so that was a, probably a high point for me as far as life goes. <laughs> this is a world that is sort of uh, Tolkien-esque, you could say. You have your, your dwarves, your elves, humans, dragons, gotta have dragons, which there was quite a few of actually in the Baldur's Gate series, so that was cool. Uh, barbarians, your typical uh, fantasy uh, sort of setting, which is my favorite. The, the Forgotten Realms, some of the, the best books I've ever read have taken place in this world. The book series followed who you would have played if you played the video games, so whenever I play a video game I usually always name uh, my character after whatever uh, race I'm playing. So say if I was playing a barbarian, I'd probably name him Conan. If I was playing a dwarf, I'd probably name him Gimli or something like that. Try to find a name from a book that I have read and that would suit the way that I'm going to play the game. Uh, for example, when I played uh, Fallout 3, I did a uh, evil run where I played an evil person, uh, blew up Megaton, for example, for those of you who know the series, uh, and I chose the name Pandora because she's opening up uh, a can of evilness on the world. I forget what the character's name is in the Baldur's Gate series, what they chose his name to be. As I mentioned yesterday, not very good with names especially in books that I read weeks ago and have since read another book. But uh, we follow him through his life. He ends up being the son of Baal, B-H-A-A-L, who is a uh, uber-demon, I guess you could say, sort of a, a very high-ranked demon. So he's got the demon blood in him, which... Uh, Oddly enough, on Movie Mondays, we talked about a movie with a girl who had demon spawn in her, and now a book with demon spawn in her. Him, I should say. So, it makes for an interesting theme. Because of this demon blood, he has the ability to almost instantly heal. He's a... Um, Sounds like a barbarian. He's about seven foot tall, just goddamn friggin' enormous, and uh, can tear shit apart like nobody's business. And he does on many occasions. But he must fight the urge to kill, as every time he kills, his, uh, his sort of, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, soul is corrupted by his father's demons blood influence. So that makes for a kind of an interesting character. From the video games, his uh, sister, I say sister 
because they both had the same father anyways, being Gaul. Uh, Imowen, who you may remember from the video games, is also present, along with some of the other characters from the video games. My favorite, of course, being uh, one called Minsk, um, who had a, a hamster by the name of Boo that he carried around and talked to. Uh, the hamster would, of course, talk back to him, but nobody else could hear it, as he was clearly insane. He was a pretty funny character in the video games, which, if I do recall, was the first time in video games that I remember seeing a little, uh, little humor thrown in there, because in your, say, Mario's and Zelda's, it wasn't exactly a laugh a minute there. Anyways, we're at work. We uh, got one book under our belt on this book Wednesday. So we're going to get uh, eight hours of work under our belt and meet back here. Goodbye for now. Perk, 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 perk. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. Hello again. So, another day where I am leaving later than five. If you listen yesterday, you will have heard that yesterday when I left at about 5.13, it was the first time in a couple of years that I was stuck at work after five, and it happened again today. To be fair, uh, I didn't get out until 5.01. Oh, really, really rustles my jimmies, that. It was, uh, this time the reason was pure later, uh, didn't come until five right on the dot. That's what happens. Thus ends work talk. I forgot to mention this morning that today's sponsor is Left-Handed Hammers. From the great makers of Left-Hand Hammers comes Right-Hand Hammers. New and improved. And for those who are ambidextrous we are working on one that can be used with both hands patent pending this morning we talked about uh, Baldur's Gate a little bit of uh, Forgotten Realms talk in the future there will I can guarantee it or I can guarantee it that there will be more uh, book talk regarding Forgotten Realms because I have uh, a whole crap load of them on my uh, e-reader, so expect more there. Uh, the book that I finished last night, coincidentally, uh, was a book called uh, I Partridge, I comma Partridge, we need to talk about, oh, let's, let's do the whole thing, called I comma Partridge, colon, we need to talk about Alan, written by well, this is where it gets confusing. Written by Steve Coogan, but written as if written <laughs> by a character he plays by the name of Alan Partridge. Confused? Well, don't be. There, that, that should settle that. Uh, Steve Coogan is a British actor who is goddamn hilarious. I uh, came across him maybe three, four years ago 
in the show uh, called Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge. He plays a disc jockey or a DJ and uh, is brimming with that special uh, British comedy that I love so much. This is not TV Tuesday, so we won't get too much into his show. Uh, I should actually say shows, uh, plural, because he's got quite a few. Uh, also, you'll see him in movies. Uh, just Google him, and I bet you when you get a look at his mug, you will uh, recognize him. Most of the recent movie I uh, watched with him, he played himself in a movie called uh, The Trip, which I will give a 5 out of 5, because it was uh, hilarious. Hilarity ensued throughout the movie. Uh, In the book, he uh, reprises his, I believe, his most famous role as Alan Partridge, and is writing an autobiography from his point of view. This is actually... uh, the second book in probably the last four months that I've read where it was written as if from the point of view of a fictional character. Uh, the other uh, was a book called Archer, written from the point of view of, you guessed it, Archer. Uh, there was a subtitle to that, I can't remember what it was. Um, Archer is another television show cartoon uh, featuring a spy, sort of a James Bond-esque spy, but where it sort of leaves the James Bond-esque is that he's not exactly uh, smooth, he's not exactly a smooth operator, sort of a doofus, I guess you could say. Very, very funny show. Again, I would recommend. The show, I would give 5 out of 5, definitely. Uh, It's hilarious. As I may have said hilarious quite a few times so far. But let me just bring that up. I say hilarious quite a few times because my uh, one of my sort of uh, life missions is to go out there and find funny shit and sort of pour it into my brain because uh Life as a sort of uh, general rule is not funny. Here I am driving home from working eight hours. It's gray out. Looks like it just rained. Most of the leaves are off the trees. It's pretty uh, depressing, really. So why not, when available, pour some funny shit into your brain? It might uh, just improve things a little bit. At least that's the way I feel about it. Sort of how we when we talked about my name is Earl and karma, if uh, subconsciously I'm looking at the bright side of things or consciously looking for good things, then A, my brain will make seeing good things more prevalent. I think the same goes with comedy. If you are always on the search for what is funny, your brain, whether consciously or subconsciously, or, hey, unconsciously, I was going to say, maybe even that, uh, is going to be on the lookout for what's funny, things that amuse you. Basically, just wade through uh, the sort of humdrum, boring existence of life 
keep an eye peeled for shits and giggles, which is what I do, uh, which is why I watch a show like Archer, which is chock full of shits and giggles. The book, on the other hand, uh, I'm gonna go three out of five. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't great. After saying all that about the show, the book was, meh, it was okay. Uh, we were, of course, talking about *I Partridge* by Steve Coogan, following his life from basically birth. In fact, I think uh, he may have even started with a description of his birth, as if he uh, remembered what happened. And I think it might have been from the first-person point of view, which is a uh, interesting way about going about describing your birth in an autobiography. Alan Partridge is, uh, he also has some of that uh, Archer buffoonery in his personality. He's sort of a, a good way to describe him, I think, would be that he, uh, he thinks he's shit hot, but he's really cold diarrhea. That's sort of a apt description. He's got a, an enormous ego, frankly, not very deservedly. Why don't we take a short break there, and we're going to try once again to play the Q, 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 107 Radio Roulette. Ah, Radio Roulette. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's stick with that. Will we get a song? Will we get more talk? Let's find out. Little David Bowie there for you. This is David Bowie, uh, kind of a more of an 80s feel to it. I can picture uh, this song in the movie The Labyrinth. I mean, in his little uh, get-up with his codpiece there. All right. I figure uh, if we get a song that I really like, maybe we'll listen to the whole thing. That one is uh, its not up there on my classic rock scale so much. Better than, say, uh, Justin Bieber's, I've heard of this character, or uh, uh, Nick Minage. Not, not quite sure who that is, but uh, hearing a lot about her. Uh, who else do you got nowadays in this newfangled music I hear about? Um, I don't know, your, uh, let's say your Celine Dion's, whatever you kids are listening to nowadays. I am a 31-year-old man with the musical taste of a, um, let's go, 60-year-old, just uh, as an FYI there. Okay, back to I, Partridge, colon, we need to talk about Alan. At the beginning of the book describes uh, his parents, his father, um, who I guess could be described as, let's say uncaring yeah we'll use that 
he uh, explains it sort of as a, uh, he describes him as sort of your typical British uh, gent from the 50s, sort of a stiff upper lip bloke, not really showing much in the way of emotion, and mother uh, does not describe as much. <laughs> Alan uh, works his way from uh, a DJ in uh, Norfolk, which I believe is sort of a, uh, well in Canada we have provinces and in the states, <laughs> they have states. Is it counties over in uh, England? I actually don't know. Norfolk County? That might be right. Anyways, he works as a disc jockey in Norfolk. Uh, eventually, he starts off doing just the sports, works his way and does a sort of a mid-morning show. Eventually, gets uh, his own television show on the BBC and um, does a series. Again, I think I mentioned on TV Tuesdays that a British series is more uh, along the lines of 10, 13 episodes. And in the uh, final episode of the series, he uh, accidentally kills one of his guests. As, you know, that happens sometimes. What are you going to do, right? So his uh, career at that point sort of takes a nosedive. The book is interesting in that uh, as I was reading it, I could remember parts mentioned in the book happening on the TV show. For example, after murdering, for lack of a better word, the guy on his television show, he moves into uh, what he calls a travel lodge, which basically just sounds like a motel for uh, a year, around a year. He then uh, moves into a sort of camper and his uh, life is sort of on the decline as far as career. Uh, his wife leaves him, his kids will not talk to him. And through this all, the one sort of a redeeming quality, the reason that you don't look at him and say, ah, oh, what an ass. You kind of feel pity and think, well, at least he's trying, is that he incorrectly, but still with the best of attentions, I think, uh, always puts a good spin on what's happening to him. So when he moves into the travel lodge, the motel, he just goes on and on about what a nice place it is and how nice it is to have clean sheets all the time and how friendly the people are and blah 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 and basically tries to put the spin on it as if uh, living in the travel lodge is better than some poor schmuck who has to uh, clean their giant mansion yeah well, that's that's a good way to put it so he'll he'll turn his misfortune into a fortune or when the bbc fired him He'll uh, describe how he thinks the BBC is actually on the decline and most likely uh, they'll be going under soon anyway. So it's all for the best that I have been fired from the BBC or 
things of that nature. Uh, I think we're going to end it there as I'm almost home. One thing uh, I guess I wanted to talk about before we finish is only with this book and one other that I've read have I felt so strongly that when reading it I could hear the voice of the character uh, when reading it. Uh, normally, you know, you read a book, you are hearing the, your own voice in your head reading the book. But with this one, it's like I could hear Alan Partridge uh, reading it to me with all his inflections and and the way he would say things are the way I was reading things, which uh, is why I am going to give this book a 5 out of 5. Also, 5 out of 5, because uh, I tried to, uh, in the last, let's say, uh, four months, really since I got my e-reader, uh, have been reading more comedy books than I had previously. Uh, including a little book called Not Taco Bell Material by Adam Carolla. We will be talking about him, I'm sure, on Friday, as he also has a podcast. And on Friday, we talk about things from the internet, as it is Fry Internet Day here at the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicleist podcast. Uh, that was the other book where I really, where when I read it, it was his voice speaking to me in my brain, in my gray matter. So that's just something to think about. We're going to end her there as we're about to pull into the old homestead. And remember, kiddies, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. Please visit our Google sites. Simply go to bin.com and type in Google. Once at Google, type in either the Lackadaisical Librecubicularist for the podcast website or Bird Cane Adventures for our sister site. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper